Hallelujah. He's the way maker. The miracle worker. Ain't nothing he can't do. Hallelujah. And he don't just do it, but when he does it, he does it well. It's always right on time. Even when we think he's four days late, he's still right on time. He's the way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper. He's the light of the darkness. He's our all and our all. Without him, we can do nothing. But with him, we can do everything. Hallelujah. You know when I met him? Before the foundation of the world. Hallelujah. That's true, friends. What a... Hallelujah. I know what he's done for me. I know what he's done for you. Praise the Lord. We're going to have a water baptism right after service this morning. I think Brother Josh Dixon's got two little ones going to be baptized, so we want to remember that. And Brother Donnie wanted me to announce that remember the prayer line next weekend. I think the service starts at 2 o'clock, if I remember right. And if... Uh, if you know, have a, a need of someone in the family and someone that wants to come but's not able to come to the prayer line, if you'll send a request into the church library, they'll print all those requests out and then the brothers that's praying will pray over those needs and there'll be some handkerchiefs that's going to be used in the prayer line. They'll be cut up. So if anybody wants a prayer cloth or after the prayer line, you're, you'll be welcome to, to get that. So let's come believing that the Lord will do some great things. And, we know the last time we had a prayer line here a few years ago, the Lord just did some tremendous things among us. And if he done it once, he can do it again. Amen. So it's just, I was talking to Brother David last night. He's fired up. He's keyed up. And he said, you know, it's just no telling what God will do. I said, I know, buddy. I'm so looking forward to seeing what the Lord will do in the service. Amen. You know, I got a text just the other day of someone who was in pain. I believe it was in their stomach. It just really bad pain and so just text a prayer back to him and about just a few minutes later I got a text from him said the pain is gone just, amen God can just do anything at any time so let's just remember those things do you love him this morning isn't it wonderful to be a Christian where, where would we be friends without Jesus this world has gone crazy I saw the other day out there in California that now they're saying bees are fish. So if you see one swim by, you know it came from California. <laughs> Just crazy stuff. Hallelujah. They're all wanting to change their bodies, but we're going to get a body change, all right. Amen. Amen. The real body change. Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn with us to the book of Matthew. Certainly good to have the Johnson family back with us. And so sorry for their loss. And, but, you know, it's just one more reason for us to go over there. Amen. Amen. Remember Brother Don and him. I'm, I'm not sure if they're coming back today or tomorrow, but just remember them in prayer and just remember all the needs of the people. Amen. We want to read this morning from the book of Matthew, chapter 16, starting at verse 13. And we desire your prayer. Just a, a wee bit nervous about this thought, but it's just, it was on my heart, and we just trust the Lord to help us. Matthew, chapter 16, verse 13. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, and some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. It's just hearsay. Some say this, some say that. It's just hearsay. 
And he saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? So you see, it, it can't be just hearsay. Well, you know, I don't really know, but I was raised in this message. And mom, it can't be hearsay. It's got to be a personal revelation. What is the new birth, Brother Brandon? It's Christ revealed to you personally. You have met this person. Amen. You see, salvation is not a, is, is not a sign in your name on the road. It is an experience. You've been born again. Amen. He said unto them, but whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That word prevail means to be superior in strength. The gates of hell will never be stronger than the church of the living God. Amen. That ought to make you happy. Amen. And I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on the earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now we know that Jesus didn't give Peter a literal key that was cut at Walmart. It's figurative speaking, that word key. And I looked it up and it's just, it's just profoundly what it says. It says a key, since the keeper of the keys has power to open and shut. The word kleis or key is figurative used in the New Testament to denote power and authority of various kinds. You see, when you're holding the key in your hand, you have the power and the authority. Amen. Amen. Why? Because you have the ability to open and close. You have the power and the authority. So when he gave Peter the keys to the kingdom, it wasn't literally a set of keys. But it's figuratively speaking, Peter, I will give you the power and the authority to open or shut the kingdom to whoever will receive it or reject it. Amen. Amen. Why? Because you'll have the power to open and you'll have the power to close. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, Lord, we're just so glad to gather here in your presence this morning, Lord. And I want to thank you, Father, for all that you've done for me. Lord, while I was yet a sinner, you died for me, Lord. And Father, I pray today that I could just get myself out of the way, Lord. That you could anoint this unworthy vessel to speak to your children. For Lord, I believe that you are our healer and our deliverer. You're the keeper of our flame, Lord. And Father, we believe that with you, we are an invincible army. But I pray today for the needs of your children, Lord. Those that wanted to be here and couldn't be here. Those that are afflicted, Lord, and the doctors are not even sure what it is. But oh God, may the same anointing that raised my Lord from the grave May that same anointing that gave my daughter back to me, may that same anointing move upon every need today. That when we leave the building, we'll be careful to give you the praise and the honor and the glory. Oh, bless your children today, Lord. For we ask these things in Jesus' name. And the bride says, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. When Jessica was hurt, and the accident left her blind. 
But I kept telling her that she would see me again. And just before we came home from Chattanooga, Jessica was starting to see. And, and I was telling the staff and the doctors that, that she was starting to see, but, but they didn't think she was. They were nice about it, but you could tell that they really didn't believe me. It was more like, well, Mr. Ward is just having wishful thinking. So when we went back to Chattanooga for Jessica's follow-up, and we stepped off the elevator and the people saw us and the staff and they began to gather around us because we, would, we had almost become like family. We had been there for four or five weeks, day in and day out. And when we stepped off the elevator with Jessica and they saw her and they said, oh, Jessica. And they just gathered around us and, and, and because that we was talking about her being able to see when we left, that was the first thing they said. They said, can she see? And I just took my keys. And I just pitched them out on the floor. And I said, Jessica, pick up daddy's keys. And when she went over and picked up those keys, oh my, they began to cry, to clap their hands and hug us and rejoice. It was just such an emotional moment. And I was thinking about that. And as I was thinking about that, this message came to me. And so I want to speak to you this morning for just a few minutes on pick up the keys. You see, Jessica was following the words of her father. She believed she could pick up the keys because her daddy said so. It was just that simple childlike faith. Not to doubt, not to question, not to try to figure it out, but merely accept it because daddy said so. The MRI said no. The x-ray said no. The doctor said she couldn't do it. But faith in God's word that says he opens the eyes of the blind and he makes the lame walk. That faith in that word said she could pick up the keys. You see, she understood by the word what it was I was wanting her to do. And she had the means to do it. The keys in her hand was the evidence that it was not wishful thinking. But it was the evidence that the world of light and the world of sight had been opened back up to her. You see, she was once in darkness and the keys were a mystery. What did they look like? Where, where did they lay? Where, where were they laying? But the key in her hand was the evidence. Oh, glory to God. The key in her hand was the evidence that she had passed from the darkness to the light. A world she had once knew had become darkened to her by an accident. But she had been restored. And the keys in her hand was the evidence that restoration had took place in her life. And brother, sister, I say to you this morning, can we understand? Can we comprehend that we were with him before the foundation of the world? That's not wishful thinking. Jesus said so. The Bible said so. Hallelujah. And the prophet said, your minds are blackened or darkened. And we're not able to see these things. But he said, we're not just some little coincidence happening here. We are the sons and daughters of God. The beginning of the creation of God. 
and has been dropped down here for a witness to witness the grace of God to shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. And we have an eternal spirit and no one, there's no way to stop it. God's church will be there just as sure as she could be there. God identified himself as a man and he took upon him the form of sin. Now we were not sin, but we were in the form of sin that in order that he might take the sinner's place. In other words, he became sin that he could take my place. As Brother Donnie say, he became me that I might become him by grace. And he paid the penalty for it. And he gave the sinner, listen to this quote, he gave the sinner back the life he had before the fall. What did he do? He just didn't save us, but he restored us back to where we were before the fall. Hallelujah. Oh, my. To give the sinner back the life he had before the fall. Oh, my. What love God has expressed to us. Jessica could fulfill her father's words, pick up the keys, because she had come out of the darkness into the light. And Peter said, you're a chosen generation. A holy nation, a royal priesthood, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. Hallelujah. This was darkened to us, but God by his grace has called us out of the darkness and has opened our understanding. We are not children of the darkness. We are children of the light. Amen. Now you can fulfill your father's word because we have been called out of the darkness to the light of the revelation of not only who we are, but who he is, amen, and the power and the authority that's been given to us. And I say to you, church, this morning, pick up the keys, pick up the keys, the power and the authority. Well, I'm just a housewife. The power and the authority that's been given to us as sons and daughters of God. He has called us out of the darkness into his marvelous light. John said a new commandment. I write unto you which thing is true in him and in you. Which thing is true in him and in you. Because the darkness is past and the true light now shineth. The world is groping in darkness. But we are walking in light. We are the light of the hour. Amen. Jesus asked his disciples, who do you say? Who do they say that I, the son of man, am? Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, flesh and blood. It's not revealed this unto thee. But my father, which is in heaven, has revealed this unto thee. Blessed art thou, Simon. But I say unto thee, I say unto thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The church is built upon Peter's confession and revelation of who Christ is. That revelation never came from a man. It never came from a 10-step program. It came from God, amen. 
Hallelujah. And the revelation we enjoy today. Where did it come from? It did not come from William Branham. It came from God. Amen. He just used his lips to tell you who you are. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But notice, not only did Peter identify who Jesus the Word was, but Jesus the Word identified who Peter was. That, that, that revelation that came from God not only opened the eyes for Peter to express who Christ was, but Christ could now express to Peter who he was. Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona. But I say unto you, thou art Peter, little stone, confession. Notice, with the revelation came a new name. Whew. He had a name change from an earthly name to a name given by God. Oh, and his name matched his revelation. What will we be, Brother J.D., when our name and our revelation matches? Not only will I hope so, it could be or maybe so, no. But when you come to the understanding, I come from God. I must assuredly go back to God. I am a father or one. When you see me, you've seen my father. Hallelujah. The same word speaks for the groom, speaks also for the bride. We are not church members. We are not just message people. We are sons and daughters of the most high God. Born by the breath of God. Amen. We have power and authority. Not my flesh. This flesh is no match for, for Satan. My mind is no match for... I am not the sharpest knife in the drawer of the Ward family. It's not my education. It's not my understanding, my knowledge. You'll never know God by knowledge. People trying to figure this message out by the internet. The internet will never reveal this message to you. It's like those pictures that you look at and you keep looking and all of a sudden an image in the picture appears. You know what I'm talking about? It might be a number or it might be a face or something. And once you see that, that's all you can see. I don't know about you, friends. I ain't looking for nothing else. I've seen, oh God, I have seen what God ordained me to see before the foundation of the world. Don't you understand? If I was in Jesus' day, I would have saw Jesus. If I was in John the Baptist's day, I would have saw him. If I was in Luther's day, I would have saw that. If I was in Wesley's day, I would have saw justification. If I was with the restoration of the gifts, I would have saw that. But he chose me for this day, this time, this season. And I'm seeing what God has ordained me to see. And what will it do? It will change my body. And it will raise the dead. It'll raise the dead. Hallelujah. 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 Faith is a revelation. And the revelation is the only thing. The revelation of the word. What is revelation? Jesus said upon this rock, I'll build my church. And the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. Faith is a revelation. Because faith has been revealed to you. 
It's not a hope so. When you come through the prayer line, well, when you come up to you, well, I'll go and say, I hope I can get something. You're coming the wrong way. That's not what faith is. Faith is something that's been revealed to you. That healing is for me. That deliverance is for me. That restoration, it belongs to me. Kennedy and said, boys, I hope I can get my mountain. He stood there with a revelation. Give me my mountain. Faith has been revealed to you. He told Peter, I'll give you the keys to the kingdom. And whatsoever you shall bind on earth, I'll bound it in heaven. I'll bind it in heaven. Whatever you loose on the earth shall be loosed in heaven. And I will give you the keys. Notice what he said. I will give you. Not yet, but I will. I will give you the keys. The class. The Christ, the key, the power, and the authority. Not yet, Peter. You're going to do a few bad things yet. You're going to stand out there by the fire. You're going to deny me. But when the Holy Ghost comes, the power and the authority. Oh, glory to God. The power and the authority. The same one who stood by the fire when they said, you're one of those message people. And he said, I tell you, I do not know him. Was the same one who stood up on the day of Pentecost and said, I know him. And if you don't know him, you're lost. What was the difference? The power and the authority. Why? He received the keys. What is the key? What's the purpose of the key? I found out a while ago and I started to get into the study. You've got to have the right key. You can try all day. If you ain't got the right key, you ain't going nowhere. What is the key? The purpose of a key is to unlock something that's been locked up. Or it's something that should be locked up. Something that's valuable should be locked up. A key is given for that purpose. So a key is given to lock and to unlock. It's used to lock something valuable and it's used to unlock something like the mystery. It's used to unlock the mystery that he told them, seal up these things and don't write them until the end. But why have they been made known in this hour? Don't you see, my brother, my sister, there is now a people on the earth who can handle the mysteries. Lock it up. But at the end time, there will come a revelation. That will unlock the mystery. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, a key alone cannot unlock a door until it's used by a hand. You've got to have something to use the key. The key itself cannot use itself. The key has to have something that can yield to. A key must have a hand to hold it or it's just a key. And what good is a key without a hand or a hand without a key? And what good is faith without works? The Bible said faith without works is dead. No matter how much faith you've got, it'll never do you any good. You put works with it. For faith without works is dead. It's like a key without a hand or a hand without a key. It's not a, well, I believe the message. I believe the message. That's faith. But if you don't have the acts to go with it, if you don't have the works to make the key work, 
you say, I believe it, and you never act on it. It's just like the message if you say, I believe it, but you never act on it. What good will it do you? Like Noah, notice, Noah just didn't say, I believe it's going to rain. But he went to work with the hammer, and he built the ark to confirm he believed in what he was talking about. That's what we have to do. We've got to have the works to prove our faith by our works. Our works proves our faith by acting on the word. You prove you believe the word. When I told Jessica, pick up the keys, she acted on her father's word. What good would it have done if I said picked up the keys? Jessica picked up the keys and she just looked. She just never said nothing. She just stood there. Like we come to church sometimes. But she acted on her father's word. And when she acted on her father's word, it brought a revelation to the whole, oh God. It brought a revelation to everyone standing there that she could see. And don't you see, my brother and my sister, when we make this message live in our lives, the world will have to acknowledge the message is right. And on the day of Pentecost, there came a sound out of heaven like a mighty rushing wind. Tongues of fire set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Not just the pastor, not just the evangelist, not just the prophet, but everybody received the same thing. There's only one Holy Ghost. When you get the Holy Ghost, you got what he got that day at the river. You get the mantle he wore. What was the mantle of Christ? The Holy Ghost. And he sent that mantle back to the church. And on the day of Pentecost, when it came like a mighty rushing wind and filled the house where they were sitting and they began to speak with tongues and clothes, the tongues of fire set up on each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and the Father declared to Peter, Peter, pick up the keys. Pick up the keys. And Peter, with the revelation of who Christ is and where he is, he picked up the keys, holding the keys to the kingdom. Hallelujah. The power and the authority that hell could never prevail against. He stood out there with the evidence. He was holding the keys to the kingdom. The prophet said the key to the kingdom. Where is the kingdom? It's within you. That's right. The Holy Ghost is the kingdom of God. We know we're born into the kingdom of subjects and delegates. Look, he's got the keys to his side. What are you going to do with it? This was the first time the door was ever opened. And the question was asked to the preacher. It was asked to Peter for the first time. The one who was holding the keys. Jesus said, whatever you say, Peter, whatever you say, that's the way it will be. Because you have the authority and the power to open the kingdom. I have given you the keys. Whatever you bind on earth. I'll bind it in heaven. Whatever you say, I'm going to say the same thing. Oh, God. When you and Christ and the word agree in one, amen. When you say what he said, when you say what's already been said concerning you, concerning our deliverance, when you stand and say, by his stripes I'm healed, I'm already healed, you are saying what the word says. Well, I don't feel like it. That's got nothing to do with it. Emotions, feelings, sensation has nothing to do with it. 
God is my healer. Whether I have to drag myself to the pulpit, whether Cheryl has to drive me home because I'm hurting so bad, he is still my healer. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. What if you say, Peter? I'm going to say the same thing. Peter takes the key. And he sticks it in the door. They say, men and brethren, what shall we do to be saved? What can we do that we've got what you've got? And Peter said unto them, repent. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And when Peter spoke those words with power and authority, that settled it forever. You can argue water baptism. You can water Trinitarian baptism. Father, son, you can argue all that you want to argue. Signing your name on the road, but it'll ever remain the same. If you want to come into the kingdom, you must come through that open door. That the key unlock that door. Amen. Amen. Settled it forever. No person at any time could ever contradict what Peter said. For he had the keys to the kingdom. And whatever he said, Jesus backed it up in heaven. Oh, God. If I'm going to use my breath to say something. And at my age, you know, it's getting precious. <laughs> but if I want to use my breath to say something, let me say something that my father will agree with in heaven. Don't let me say something that it will make him sad. Don't let me say something that will look like that I'm taking sides with the devil over him. But if I'm going to speak, let me speak precious, wonderful words of life. Well, I'm no good. Nobody loves me. Nobody cares for me. You're speaking the devil's language. If some of you said a cuss word, you'd feel so bad. You'd wash your mouth out with soap. But every time you say I'm no good, nobody loves me. I don't know if I can make it. You are saying the devil's cuss words. You are speaking to, oh God, let me die. But let me die saying he is my healer and my deliverer. There is no God like my God. He knew the Father's words. He knew what he wanted done with the word. Peter became the ambassador of heaven with the keys in his hand to lock or unlock, to loose or to bind. See, if the United States was to make me an ambassador over to Russia, And they officially sent me to Russia as an ambassador of the United States. Then all the power of the United States is behind me. Everything that they have, it's backing me up. My words, see, it's just the same. Because I've been recognized from the United States as an ambassador. Therefore, when I speak, the United States will back me up. Why, I'm an ambassador. I am a witness. I come from that land. I come from the country of the United States. And when I speak the president, the Congress, the Senate, hallelujah, they back up my words. And God has sent us to be his ambassadors. All the power that's in heaven, all that God is, all of his angels, all of his power stands behind our words. 
If we are correctly and ordained, sent messengers to the people, God has to honor the word. You look at old Barney Five on Andy Griffith. Looked like a 24-inch waist, probably weighed 98 pounds, soaking wet. But when he stood out there with that badge, no matter what he looked like, didn't matter. When he blew that whistle, everything in Mayberry backed him up. Well, I'm not this. I'm not, I'm, just, I'm not a preacher. I'm not a head. But what, no matter what we look like, that's got nothing to do with it. Whether we're young or old, black or white, red or brown, male or female, we are the ambassadors from the kingdom of God. And all heaven backs us up. The authority of the word. Hallelujah. You can speak it over your children. You can speak it over your family. Hallelujah. His solemnly written. Whatever you bind on earth, I'll bind in heaven. Whatever you loose on the earth, that I will loose in heaven. And I'll give unto thee the keys to the kingdom. Great promises he's given to the church. But no matter how great they are, they'll mean nothing if we don't use them. Well, that's pretty good, brother, but I just don't know. You're never going to go nowhere, friends. You're going to stay right there where you've been for the last 10 years. Got to cast down reasoning. Got to cast down doubt. Come on, somebody. You need to change your thinking. You need to get God's thoughts. Well, well now, brother, down the Bible said, my ways are not your ways, neither are my thoughts your thoughts. That's what the Bible says. That's true. But when I think what he's thinking, we're thinking the same thoughts. How could I think what he's thinking to be thinking something different? No. But when you, well, I ain't no good. Nobody loves me. And I tell you, I guess I'll just have this old arthritis. I guess I'll just have this thyroid condition. I guess so. As long as you talk like that, that's what you're, you're speaking the devil's language. Your thoughts are not in agreement with his thoughts who said, by my stripes, you are healed. I am the Lord thy God who delivers you out of how many? All of thy afflictions. Well, Brother Darrell, so-and-so had something and they passed on. It was just their time to go. It does not change the word at all. What did Jesus say? All power in heaven and earth is given into my hands. Go and I'll go with you. Go and I'll go with you. Whatever you bind on earth, I'll bind in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth, I'll loose in heaven. Everything that Christ owns, everything that Christ owns belongs to the ambassador. Uh, that'd be you. The witness. The ambassador. You see, they were the witnesses of his resurrection. All heaven backed him up in Acts chapter 3 and chapter 4. The gate called beautiful. They had the answer to the council's questions. The Sanhedrin kings will ask him, you're a bunch of ignorant and unlearned people. How did you make this lame man walk? They knew, even though they were ignorant, even though they were unlearned, even though they had never been to one Bible school, they knew, they perceived that they had been with Jesus. You know why? Because they were acting the same <laughs> They were acting the same way Jesus acted against them. 
I said, wait a minute, didn't we just crucify that guy? They were his ambassadors. They were his witnesses that the Christ that they crucified had raised from the dead and was now in his church, making St. John 14, 12, not just a scripture, but a reality. They had the St. Henry's, St. Henry's Council. They had their question. They had the answer to their question. And I'd like the devil to know this morning, we have the answer to his question. The prophet said the bride personally identified by the original headship. We have the answer to the devil's question. Amen, glory. We have the answer to the devil's question. Christ is risen and has paid the price and is raising over the body. And the devil, that's the reason he's howling the way he is. His wickedness, his scheme has been uncovered by the risen, resurrected Christ in the headship over his body. Don't you see my brother, my sister? He's the head, but you're the body. God changed his mask from a spirit to a man. Then he changed his mask again from a man to a woman, a church, a bride. And the same word speaks for the groom, speaks also for the bride. Why? They come from the same material. Hallelujah. That first church had the power and the authority to remit sins. Not like the Catholic church does where they say, say so many Hail Marys and you're forgiven. That's Tommy Rod. No man can forgive sins. Then how can it be? It's when you speak his word. When you take the prescription that Dr. Peter gave at the day of Pentecost, when you use that prescription and they fulfill it, oh my, they fill the prescription. They fill it by how? By accepting it and believing it and acting on it. Then you can remit their sins by the word of God that proceeds out of our mouth. Do you understand what I'm saying, friends? When we speak his word, the power and the authority to make that word live is within our lips. I told Sister Jill Cromer, I said, Sister Jill, you can never go nowhere. You're my first convert. We was in college together. She knew what I was before I was. Don't ask her, but she knows. And she's telling Sister Ryan down at the party the other night. She said, the change I saw in Brother Darrell when he came back from school. There was such a change. It wasn't a, it wasn't a denomination. It wasn't signing your name. That was a change. Why? I met him. She began, she saw something real. And when I began to tell her what he'd done for me, she believed it and received it. And you know what he did? The same thing to her. Oh. And from her came joy. And from her came her mama. Oh, my. Then she met Brother Bert. Oh, God. God is so good to us, friends. Amen. When Peter stood there with the keys to the kingdom and preached repentance and water baptism and receiving the Holy Ghost. And the Bible said those who gladly received the word and were baptized, 3,000 souls were added to the kingdom that day. At the gate called Beautiful. 
he took those keys and released the paralytic. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, the power and the authority in the name of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you about my Jesus. He makes a way where there ain't no way. He rises up from an empty grave. Ain't no sinner that he can't save. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up. And a man who had been lame from his mother's womb rose and walked again. Why? The power and the authority because Peter had the keys to the kingdom. Hallelujah. Listen, the prophet said he'd give Peter, oh my, let me hear, he'd give Peter the keys to the kingdom. And what was bound at Pentecost is bound forever. That's the reason the bride comes into re-preview. The second time, there has to be a church called out of the latter day. Like there was in the first day, just exactly. The tree has come up from its roots up to the bride tree like it did in that time. God's masterpiece again. God's masterpiece again. What did the prophet of God say that day? The church at Pentecost, the original church. He had a church perfected. But what happened to that church? He had to put it into the ground. Why? It was a seed that if he planted it, it would bring forth much fruit for the kingdom of God. And out of that seed that was planted in the ground came forth branches. And out of that branch was justification, sanctification, restoration. But where does it come? Back to the original seed again. That's you. Now, at the end time, there's another masterpiece, another church perfected with the power and the authority to speak the word. She'll have thus saith the Lord or keep still. The power of the spoken word will be in her lips and they will know we are a living bride because the only way words can come forth is if breath passes over the vocal cords. So it's not just some, it's not a Barbie doll bride. Oh no, but it's a living bride. Bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh, spirit of his spirit, life of his life. She is him expressed on the earth and his words is her words. Hallelujah. And she speaks with the power and the authority. Hallelujah. To cast out devils, to open blinded eyes, to set the captive free, to remit the sinner's sins. God on the earth another masterpiece again listen to me not to go back into the ground but this time to be taken to a city a prepared city for a prepared people you see the city will match the characteristics of those who dwell in it look by God's grace, I've been to Belgium. I've been to Amsterdam. I've been to London. I've been to Rome. I've been to Washington, D.C. I've been to Phoenix, Arizona. I've been to all these cities. I've been to cities in Romania, cities in Nicaragua, Wee Wee Lee, El Qua, Manchonas. Every city, there's a McDonald's. It's amazing. Well, maybe not in Wee Wee Lee, but everywhere else. And there's streets. And they're payments. But what makes the city? You go to Phoenix, it's different than Tucson. Tucson's different than Flagstaff. Flagstaff's different than Cottonwood. What's the difference? They all have red lights. They all have sidewalks. They all have Kentucky Fried Chicken. What's the difference? 
What makes Tucson different from Phoenix? It's the people who live in it. The city takes on the characteristics, the know God, of the nature of the people who dwell in that city. We are city dwellers, amen. And the city that we dwell in is the character and the nature of the people. Oh, glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can I have just a few more minutes? Prophet said, if the great holy church only realized its power to do these things, but there's so much doubt and fear and trembling and wondering if it will happen or could it happen, as long as that exists, the church can never stand upright. And when every talk of fear is vanished and the Holy Spirit is completely in control of the church, then all fears are gone and the church has the power. Why? They have everything that heaven owns behind them. They're ambassadors of the throne. Absolutely an ambassador of Christ has the authority and everything that Christ owns belongs to the ambassador. And he said, go into all the world. Ye are my witnesses after the Holy Ghost has come on you. And what is a witness? He's an ambassador. It's to come and witness something. And the whole power of heavens is right in your hands. It's like the other day, I was, you know, I guess COVID was rough on me. And I still deal with some of the things of COVID. One of them is my memory. And the other day, I was looking everywhere for my keys. Guess where I found them? In my hand. You can laugh at me, but when you sit there wondering whether he can heal you or not, you don't know you've got the keys either. As long as that exists, the church can never stand upright. When every talk of fear is banished and the Holy Spirit is completely in control of the church, all fear is gone, then the church has the power. They have everything that heaven owns backs them up. Absolutely an ambassador of Christ. We are his witnesses. Amen. The whole power of heaven is right in your hands. Oh, why do we sit? And the church is barren and we sit dormant. It's because we don't recognize these things. We've got our eyes so much on Fox News and on this and that and the other. But oh God, help us to focus like Elisha when Elijah was carried up in the chariot of fire. He said, if you see me when I go, you can have what you ask for. What did it cause Elisha? He had to have singleness of heart, singleness of mind, singleness of eye. He must keep his eye on the promise. Don't look at the critics down at the river. Don't look at the critics on Facebook. Come on, somebody. Look at the promise of the word. Keep your eyes on the promise. Amen. Recognize who you are. I say to you, church, I say to you this morning, pick up the keys. Like the arrow of deliverance in the book of 2 Kings, chapter 13, when Elisha had fallen sick. And Jehoshaphat, Jehosh, the king of Israel, came down at him and wept over him. He said, oh, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And Elisha told the king, go get your bow. He said, put an arrow in it. Open the window towards the east. Which the prophet said, that's the way Jesus will come. And the prophet put his hands upon the king's hands and they pulled the bow back as far as they could pull it and he shot the arrow. He went out the window. And Elisha told the king, go pick up 
the arrow. And he went and got the arrow. And he came back and Elisha said, now take the arrow and strike the ground. And the king took the arrow and he struck it once and he struck it twice and he struck it three times and he ran around the church and thought, well, that's pretty good. But Elisha was mad. He was wroth at the king. He said, what did you do? Don't you recognize what was in your hand? Don't you understand what I told you to pick up? That was the arrow of God's deliverance. And because you only struck the ground three times, you will only have three victories. If you were struck and struck and struck and struck, God would deliver Syria into thy hands. But because you didn't understand, because you thought it was only just good enough to shout, because you thought this and refused to use the arrow, you will only have three victories. He struck short of so many victories, so many blessings, because he failed to realize what he was holding in his hand, the arrow of God's deliverance. And I say, oh, church of the living God this morning, let us not be guilty of that. God shot the arrow of deliverance into the church on the day of Pentecost, and the church was given into her hands. The church was given into her hand, the arrow of God's deliverance. God sent the baptism of the Holy Ghost and put it into the hands of the church. The arrow of God's deliverance to deliver from sickness, from sin, from worry, from trouble, from worldliness, from everything else. But we struck so short. But that first church, amen, they didn't strike short. They struck everything that God had for them. They had all kinds of signs and wonders and miracles and diverse gifts of the Holy Ghost. Everything they had it. But the prophet said, we're striking short. But I say to you this morning, let's pick up the keys. Let's pick up the arrow, amen. Well, Brother Darrell, there's no cure for dementia. Then you be the first. You be the first. He's the God who heals all our diseases. The arrow of deliverance is filled with mercy tonight given to the church what we ought to do is pick it up and strike for the glory of God every divine blessing that God promised is yours by faith if you'll receive it do you believe it I believe it in the light of God's word he's here with open arms ready to give every person everything the arrow of complete deliverance God's arrow of deliverance is in your hand don't be afraid to strike with it well, what if, I, what if I tell my doctor I'm healed and my blood pressure's still high? That's got nothing to do with it. Amen. To wait till your blood pressure is normal to testify of it is weak faith. Amen. Strong faith is when you say, you'll see again when they're blinder in the back and you say, you will see again. That's faith, Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, my. It's in your hand. Don't be afraid to strike with it. This is your hour of decision. This is your time. Strike, strike, strike everything that does come by. Fear, nervousness, oppression, arthritis, high blood, low blood, no blood, cataracts, cancer, thyroid trouble, infections. Our trouble, none of it is too hard for our God, not even death. Hallelujah. 
It's the divine revelation of the word made flesh. Flesh in the day by the son, the groom. Amen. If it was flesh in the day by the son, the groom, it's flesh today by the bride. It's that divine revelation from darkness to light. The divine revelation of the word made flesh. If it was flesh in the day by the son, the groom, then it's flesh today by the bride. Whosoever sins you remit to them, they are remitted. Whoever sins you retain to them, they are retained. What is eternal life? The life that he lived and the life that was in him. Impart that to others. Impart that life to others. Can a man do that? But a son of God can. Jesus said, whoever sins you remit, they're remitted. Whoever sins you retain, to them they are retained. It's not by saying, hey, buddy, I forgive your sins. Don't worry about it. No, no, no. But it's when I take the word for this hour and speak it and he receives it. Then that word looses him. And he stands as though he never done it in the first place. Because the darkness is dispersed. And he sees, I was with him before there was a world. My name, I came to the altar that night. My name wasn't put in the book the night I came to the altar. I came to the altar because my name was already on the book. Okay, just a couple more minutes. The kingdom is within you. When Jesus rose from the dead, he had on his side the keys of death and hell, but not the keys to the kingdom. He didn't have the keys to the kingdom. They were given to the church. Peter had the keys. Do you believe that? Jesus would keep his word. If he doesn't, brother, he wasn't God. That's all. He said, Peter, I'll give you the keys to the kingdom, the keys to the Holy Spirit. And whatever you say, I'll back it up. You rebuke that devil, I'll back it up. If that thing's on them, I'll tell you, just hold your peace. Hallelujah. He gave this promise to the church. I'll be with you even in you. How long? To the end of the age. And if we said alone, if God, as if God never said it, whatever you bind on earth, I'll bind it in heaven. What you loose on earth, I'll loose in heaven. Whether it's sickness, whether it's disease, whatever it is, God gave this blessed promise. And it's our privilege to pick up this promise and use it. Use it. It does no good to know these things if we sit and never use it. Pick up the keys, church. As we close this morning. Pick up the keys. Recognize who you are in the word. But brother, I don't feel it. It don't come by feelings. Got to get that out of your mind. You can get a goosebump in an air conditioner. That's got nothing to do with it. It's the word. Pick up the keys this morning. You can lock Satan out. You can unlock every blessing of God. Bind Satan. Loose the sinner. Pick up the keys. Your light has come. Amen. You see who you are. You know what he wants done with the word. Notice the harmony of the Father and the Son. Jesus never did anything till the Father showed him. 
And the harmony now exists between the groom and his bride. He shows her his word of life. She receives it. She never doubts it. Therefore, nothing can harm her, not even death. For if the seed be planted, the water will raise it up again. Here is the secret of this. The word is in the bride as it was in Mary. The, the bride has the mind of Christ, for she knows what he wants done with the word. She performs the command of the word in his name, for she has thus saith the Lord. Then the word is quickened by the spirit, and it comes to pass like a seed that is planted and watered. It comes to the full harvest, serving its purpose. Listen, if I could heal you this morning, God knows my heart. I'd heal every one of you. I'd go to Erica. I'd go to Eugene Kennedy. I'd go to these other people who have these needs. God knows it's the truth. I've seen kids in Walmart in wheelchairs and remind me of Jessica. And I bumped into them just so I could say a little prayer under my breath because I looked at them and it broke my heart to see them there because I know without his grace, my daughter would have still been in one. But the grace of Almighty God brought her out of that chair and he's given us the word. If I've done it for Jessica, I can do it for you. If I heal one of cancer, I can heal you of cancer. Amen. Speak the word. You see, if I could heal you, I would do it. But I'm here to tell you, you're already healed. And the only thing, you have the key in your hand. That key is your faith. Take a hold of it and unlock the door this morning. Satan got you bound. Fear, nervousness, oppression, a sickness you can't overcome, a besetting sin. Take the key this morning. Lock Satan up. Because you have the power to loose and to bind that affliction in your life. You can speak to that cancer. Speak to that eye trouble. Speak to that high blood pressure. Speak to that prostate cancer. Hallelujah. Speak to it in the name of Jesus. I speak the name of Jesus over you. Hallelujah. In your sorrow and in your hurting, I will ask my God to move. Hallelujah. We already possess the gates of the enemy. It's been given to us. We have the master key in our hand. And the name of Jesus Christ shall open every gate of the enemy. Take this key, the key of the name of Jesus, and open every gate of the enemy that has bound away from any promise of God. Open up those gates this morning. Don't you see, my brother, my sister? You are the gatekeeper. You are the possessor of the gates of your enemy. He's lying to you. He ain't got the key. You've got the key. He makes you think you're the one that locked up. But no, you need to see the picture. He's the one behind the bars. He's lying to you. He's bluffing you this morning. Why don't you tell him to shut up and shut down? Get out of my body. Get out of my family. Get away from my son. Get away from my daughter. Get away from him this morning. I come in the name of Jesus. I take the authority over you in the name of Jesus. And I bind you, Satan, by the power of Almighty God. Do you believe it? Then stand to your feet this morning and receive it in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah. 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 When he was on earth, he conquered everything that Satan had. He conquered it. And what did he do when he conquered it? He gave you the keys. Whatever you bind, I'll bind. The Holy Ghost 
is in us now with the keys. Hold it to sickness. It conquers sickness. Hold it to fear. It conquers fear. Hold it to depression. It conquers depression. Hold it to meningitis. Hold it to dementia. Hold it to arthritis. Hold it to a besetting sin. It's already conquered it. It's conquered it. You can go free. He said, he said, I could go free. What kind of man would reach down his hand and do this for me? Why? Why? Because he brought us out of the darkness into his marvelous light and has revealed to us this is the purpose of you being born in this age. I was never born to be a drug addict, an alcoholic. I was never born to be that. Satan lied to me. But one day in an old barn down in Jonesburg, Tennessee, Jesus revealed to me my true purpose for being on the earth. Why are you here this morning when so many people is against us? Facebook and all the critics are against us. Don't you see why they're against us? They was against him. It's not me. It's that life that's in me. It's not you. It's what's in you. They hate it. Why? Because they cannot overcome it. But why are we here this morning? Because he has gathered us out of the darkness unto himself. To say, you've got the key. Now show your generation. Brother Branham showed his generation. Now you show your generation that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Don't play them a tape. Live them one. Let them see you in me. Let the world see Jesus Christ. For we have the keys. Do you love him this morning? Do you believe him this morning? How many of you has a need? You got a need, whatever it would be. A sickness, a fear, a depression. You know, there's so much nervousness right now. I saw two people the other day sitting in a car at a bank with the windows rolled up with masks on. I'm not, you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. I'm not kicking against that. We all wore them. But they were sitting there with the windows rolled up, just two of them, with masks on. I told Sarah, I said, either they're scared of COVID or they're fixing to rob the bank. <laughs> I thought I'd hang around here to see if I heard an alarm. You know? But there's so much fear and uncertainty. But he never gave us fear. He never called us to fear. But he said, my peace, my peace. You know, just to say peace is peaceful. Peace. My peace. I live with you. I leave with you. We've got his peace this morning. Do you love him? The authority has been given to you. Are there any believers here this morning? Oh, I know you are. I just wanted you to acknowledge it. These signs shall follow them that believe. Then just reach over. Take the person's hand beside you. We're going to pray. You see, friends, it's not, it's not just the pastor, the evangelist, Brother David, or Brother Andrew, some of these other wonderful men of God. But it's you. It's you. You're the one he died for. You're the one he bled for. You're the one he cried out, forgive them. He done it for you. Because you see, if we get there that day and you're not there, 
His family's not complete. That's why he said, I'll not lose a one. He loves you this morning. If your enemies tried to steal your children, claim them this morning. Drive that anchor down this day. I will claim my children. Satan will not get them. That nervousness. Why don't you lay it down this morning? Take his peace. That fear. Just lay it down this morning and walk away. We're above that. We're above these things. With every devil under our feet. Setting in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You can stomp him down today. He's a bluff. He's only lying to you. Take God at his word. Go out here believing, confessing. Let's see if things ain't different in just a few days. By the rising of three sons, what my God can do. Now I want you to pray for that person beside you. You know, maybe this would be their last service. Maybe they were thinking, I don't know, I guess... I guess it just ain't for me. Your prayer might be the difference between that this morning. There may be something waiting out here this afternoon for somebody in this building. And your prayer could deter that today. Because the authority has been given to you and the power to speak the words of life. I speak the name of Jesus over you. Heavenly Father, pray with me now, will you? Heavenly Father, Lord, I believe your word. I ask you today, as sons and daughters of God, born for this purpose, that the gates of hell, the strength of hell, would never prevail over this church. We are your invincible army with every devil under our feet. And Lord, my brother, my sister this morning, I don't know, Lord, but thou knowest all things. Perhaps the very reason I'm sitting here this morning is so that I could pray for this person beside me. So Lord, I come by faith in your word believing that I was born for a purpose and the authority and the power of Almighty God was given to me that I have the ability to speak the word. And oh God, I speak that name of Jesus for there is no greater name. When I speak the name of Jesus, I am speaking an excellent word. God, I speak a word of excellence over my brother and over my sister today. Oh God, those that have gone wayward, May they find their way back to the camp, Lord. As I texted one the other day, I said, there's room on the ship for you. Come, we got to go. There's a seat waiting on you. Oh God, my brother, my sister, the young people that we've lost, Lord, may the Holy Spirit go get them today. Bring them back, Lord, I pray. Bring them back, Lord. Those that are battling cancer. It's such a horrible disease, Lord. It took my mother. But oh God, I ask it today.
May the doctor be astounded that the numbers are so good because we believe you, Lord. My brother, my sister today that's afflicted with nervousness and depression, oh God, I speak peace over them. May they have the best night's sleep, Lord. For you said in your word, when we lay down to sleep, our sleep can be sweet. Oh God, these needs today, Lord, we lay our hands upon one another and we ask in the name of Jesus, may your spirit move for every need. Oh God, we don't have to wait till the prayer line. It can happen right now, Lord. And I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, Satan, I adjure thee by God. You're defeated. Come out of the people in the name of Jesus Christ. I call your bluff this morning. You're nothing but a bluff. You're a liar. Your back was broke at Calvary. You have no part in us and we have no part in you. We are the sons and daughters of the Most High God and we receive our healing. We receive our deliverance in the name of Jesus Christ today for the glory of God. I receive it, Lord. I receive it today. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Do you believe it, friends? Do you believe God heard your prayer this morning? You believe that God heard the prayer that was prayed over you? Then just lay it down this morning and thank Him for it in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. For saving my soul
Isn't it wonderful, friends? You know, I remember when our girls was born, you'll come get ready for the baptism service. I think Brother Joe's going to do it. and The kids that's going to be baptized, y'all come this morning and get ready for that. Amen. Remember the request now. Remember the prayer. Someone that wants to be in the prayer line can't be. That wants to be prayed over. Just have them to send the request into the library and they'll print all those requests off. And the, the brothers that's going to be praying will pray over, over that. And the saints that are here, of course, will be praying. We'll pray over all those needs. And there'll be some handkerchiefs there that'll be cut up and made prayer cloths out of. So things will be available to the people. Amen. Remember the service Wednesday night. And the brothers come, Brother Joe, where you're at. Come. Amen. But I remember when, when, our, when our girls was born and you know how it is. And you talk to them and you say their name and they just look at you. <laughs> and you just keep telling them, you call them Jessica or you call them Allison or Allie or Kai. We had a little nickname we called, I still call her Kai. She don't like me to do it in public. But, but one day I said her name and she looked at me. She understood I was talking about her. You see these things, friends. We just keep looking at them and looking at them and looking at them. It's going to be quickened. It's going to happen, friends. My word will not return unto me void. Amen. May the Lord bless you richly. And Brother Lee, come and sing us something as we get ready for the water baptism service. Appreciate you. So glad we got to be here this weekend. We're supposed to be in Indiana. and uh, This is my last time preaching that I know of. I come home, Allie getting ready to have her baby here. I think it's due June the 18th. I don't think she's going to make it that long. But she told me, she said, if you're not here when that young'un's born, you'll never get to hold it. <laughs> so, so I thought, well, maybe I, she might be serious. <laughs> so we're going to be home for the month of June and just wait for the baby to come. We're all excited about that. So remember Allie and she gets ready to deliver that, that grandson. Amen. Praise the Lord. Oh, God's good, ain't he? Do you love him? Have you enjoyed the word this morning? May God bless you. Come to you. Amen. Let's sing a little bit more of this song. We sang it as a congregational, but more now than ever, I'm glad I'm one of them. I'm proud to be identified with the message of this hour. Are you? Are you really glad that you are? Give the Lord a good hand this morning if you love him. I'm one of them. I'm one of them. Oh, I'm so glad I can see. I'm so glad. 
know it was just something in his heart spoke to him and told him he needed to get baptized. And uh, from there, he wants to get the Holy Ghost. And I told him, I said, well, the devil's going to tell you you can't take it, you can't have it. But it's a free gift. And he said, well, the devil's a liar. So, amen. amen. We know, Brother Branham said, there's only, we have no thoughts of our own. You have thoughts either of God or of Satan. He said, there's two forces working in our lives. Daughter Satan. Satan's not going to tell you to get that. Satan's not going to tell you to go get the Holy Ghost. So let us pray with Brother Oliver's sister Chloe as, as they take uh, baptism. Heavenly Father, Lord, in, in, a, in a day that we're living in now, Lord, Lord, we look at the youth at this age nowadays, Lord Father, they're so confused on what they are, what gender they are, who they belong to, where they're going in life. Lord, that they're more focused on what's the next game coming out, Lord? What's the next movie? What's the next this? What's the next that, Lord? But when it's a seed of God, no matter the age, Lord, when you prick that heart, nothing else matters. Lord, I pray, Father, as, as we take Brother Oliver and Sister Chloe into water baptism this morning, Father, Lord, that you would quicken their heart, quicken that seed, Father. Make their desire, may they come up with a desire like they never knew they had, Father, for that Holy Ghost. You said it's a free gift. Lord, you didn't say you have to do this, you have to do that. Lord, you said it's freely given. Lord, and by faith we reach out and take hold of that gift that you give, Lord Jesus. And I pray that, Lord, that your life would live in their life, Father. We're believing you from this day forward, Lord, that you would touch our lives and live a life, Lord. Lord, as an example of how a Christian in this last day should be, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All of That's Commission Acts 238. I baptize you. this watery grave, Father. Lord, with just a, a great desire to serve you, to live for you, to walk. Lord, the, the Holy Scripture, the Scripture said you'll lead her to the altar and Father. May you lead her and guide her from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Sister Gloria, I baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. a little bit more of this. Remember the service here Wednesday night, Lord willing. Let's be much in prayer for the service Lord Terry's till next Sunday. Let's just be much in prayer this week that great things will take place. We're serving a wonderful risen Lord Jesus. Aren't you glad about it this morning? Be friendly. Shake hands with somebody as you get ready to go. Let's sing it. I'm one of them. I'm one of them. I'm one of them. So 
within my 